Willie Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. This guy, it went from low to high. I can do amazing things with my voice. Oh my goodness. Morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, TTMV. Charlamagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday hump day, middle of the week. Yes, it is, man. I'm tired. You are. You just got back from vacation. I know, and I'm still tired. Yeah, me too. I ain't you know what it. it is? Because, you know, when you take a, uh, what, how many days off? Yeah, 10 or something like that? When you take, like, 10 days off, including the weekend. Yeah, 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 including the weekend. Then you get back, and you don't realize you got to hit the ground running because you got so much stuff to do. Correct. Yeah, so that's why I'm at. Yeah, I needed an extra day just to relax, but it's all good. I, uh, yesterday, I took the family bowling. My family likes to bowl. Like, I don't know what it, what it is, but they really like to bowl. Maybe it's, everybody's competitive. We compete. We, you know, we bowl for push-ups. We do all types of crazy stuff. So, we bowl last night. I won again, of course. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your son. Oh, calling me suspect. Oh, calling us suspect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my son goes to camp every morning. He goes to football camp. Of course, football started in New Jersey. And yesterday we were on the radio, and I was telling the story that you know I tell my wife everything. Yesterday I, I drank some tea. Intern got me tea up here, and it made my stomach bubble up. And I said, you know, it's. My my butt. There's something wrong with my butt. We don't have that clip at the ready. No. What is wrong with you guys? So Charlemagne says, "Wow, you tell your wife about it, but not me." And my son heard that yesterday as we were riding in the car, and well, he said, I didn't, tell, "I didn't say you tell you know you just tell me about your bubbling stomach. You tell me about your butt." Right. We're teammates. He said, "We're teammates," and and you know you didn't tell me about your butt. So yes. yesterday my son, you know, was like, "Dad, you and Charlemagne are mad sus." I said, what do you mean? He was like, I was listening this morning, and he says, why don't you tell him about your butt problems? He was like, you and Charlamagne talk a lot about butts. That is not true, little <laughs> Logie. Stop. I was like, is that all you get from the show? Exactly. He was like, yes. Very well-rounded show. He was like, right? yes, that's all I get from the show. <laughs> it's a very well-balanced show. We cover a, a number of things. Yeah. All right? Yeah, well, great. Well, good morning, Logan, if you're on your way to camp this morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about butts yet. All right. Well, today joining us, we have Joy Ann Reed. Yes, she has a great new book out called The Man Who Sold America. That's right. And you watch her on MSNBC on AM Joy. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, so we'll be kicking it with her. And we got front page news. What are we talking about, Yee? We'll talk about Instagram. They have a new anti-bullying feature. Well, a couple of new anti-bullying features, and I'll tell you how those work. Were they going to delete the whole app? That's the only way to prevent <laughs> bullying on social, on Instagram or any social media site. They have to delete their whole app. All right. Well, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, congratulations to the women's soccer team again. Today is the day they're going to have the uh, ticker tape parade. I thought it was yesterday, but it's actually today, uh, this morning at 9 a.m. So if you're around the Wall Street area in New York City, it's going to be mad traffic. They're closing mad blocks, but it's, in a, it's a huge celebration. All right, now let's talk about Instagram. They have new anti-bullying features. So how are these going to work? Well, there's two features now that they have. Uh, One of them is called Restrict. So you have to identify your personal bullies without banning them. 
And because I, I guess they found that when you ban your bully, it makes it even worse. And then you have to go see them in real life sometimes. You go to school with them. So if that account is set as restricted, then you have the ability to review comments that the restricted account tries to post before you can approve it, delete it, or you can leave it in limbo. So only they can see that they tried to post onto your account. So uh, the first, the other one is a comment warning, which can detect offensive or borderline content that somebody is typing, and it prompts you to reconsider before you post. Uh, I think that's impossible. Uh, uh, Social media sites are set up for people to do what we call bullying. I don't have the time or the energy to go through everybody in my comments that is uh, doing what they would say is called bullying me. Well, you wouldn't go through everyone. If there's there's somebody that you want to restrict... You can do that so that that particular person... But I don't have just one. I have thousands, like tens of thousands. I'm sure we all do if we pay attention. Like, what are we talking about here? And so it's like what we call bullying is just people expressing their opinion, saying things that you don't agree with, saying things that you don't like, slandering you, lying on you. But what can you do? That's, 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 That's the culture of social media. I think they're concerned a lot, too, about kids in school and having to actually go to school with somebody that is also bullying you on social media. So, I, And kids aren't getting off Instagram. Yeah, I mean, but, so. they, but guess what? That's the best way to prevent it. The best way to prevent it is to get off it. That's why I keep recommending that book, Digital Minimalism, by Cal Newport, because we got to start treating social media like a tool and not like a another organ that exists in our body. It's not something that we have to do. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm grateful my kids are not really on social media like that. Like, Man. they really don't care about it. I think my son has three pictures up. Like, he doesn't really care. And I love the fact that they're not on it. They don't care about it they're not into it they'd rather do things that like bowl and yeah. football and basketball and I, and I love that like we're all in verbally abusive relationships with our smartphones and we don't have to be all right now uber ha- has unveiled something new uber comfort so that's going to be in between uber x ride and uber black so basically you'll be paying a little bit more 20 to 40 percent per ride and you'll get a newer car you'll get more leg room you'll be able to set the temperature before you get picked up you can request of course that quiet mode as well and make sure you have a charger all of those things so that means you'll get definitely like a better car okay. but it doesn't have to be uber x or uber black all right and also let's talk about that guy we discussed yesterday christopher kukor if you want to be refreshed he's the one who called the police on wesley michelle wesley michelle is a black man because he said uh, he was trespassing right friend on the call box and have them come down. They don't have to do that. You could just walk away. I'm going to call the police. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Call the police. Sir, I'll hold the door here for you. That is okay. Nobody's asking you to hold the door. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, there's a trespasser in my building. uh, Listen to your son. Daddy, go. It's the better. That's crazy. Now, we told you yesterday Kukor is a YouTube executive. Well, he now has left his own statement on Medium. He wrote that he actually has a bad history. He said that his father was killed when he was when he confronted a trespasser outside of his home. And he said, for my child's safety, my safety, and that of the building, I felt it was necessary to get help in this situation. Furthermore, I've encountered trespassers in my building, and we've been robbed several times. This is not uncommon in San Francisco, and the bad actors are all different colors. I now realize that Wesley was reacting based on his unique history as well. Unfortunately, there is a terrible pattern of people calling the authorities regarding people of color for no other reason than their race. 
race. Now, Wesley Michelle, who's a software engineer, uh, told CNN that this incident mirrors the experience African-Americans endure daily when we are questioned on whether we belong. I videotaped this incident to protect myself and to support my story to please get involved. Uh, that statement makes no sense because if your father was killed by a trespasser you because he confronted you the trespasser, confronted that's all the more reason to call 911 and to come to your home and not confront the person. He didn't seem like he felt threatened at all. Like, he was saying that his son was no, begging him to leave. No, yeah. he wasn't threatened. Like, knock it off. Your father confronted a, a trespasser and was killed. That may be the case, but you did the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking this, about? This was more said, like, like my penis is bigger than yours. Oh, you have to leave from here. I'm not moving. Like, if you're that scared and you're with your kid and you mm-hmm. want to protect your kid, you keep it moving. What? Mm-hmm. See, you know what? <laughs> See? Comparing you know what? male penises is only <laughs> 605. All you know right. What? Well, that All is right. your front page news. All right. You know what? All right. This guy is crazy. Starting off early, huh? Forget you, man. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800 <laughs> If you need to vent this up right now, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up? Envy, this is from Atlanta. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Well, I mean, y'all had a good topic yesterday about that independence. And you got to realize, you got to uh, actually study people like ye. Like, uh, she's not a submissive person. She got to look up the word independent. You, if you really look at her and y'all look at y'all, I can tell y'all had an argument yesterday. She's not submissive. She's never going to have kids. She's 50 years old. So everything she want to do is independent by herself. Independent means, independent means selfish, basically. I want everything to myself. I'm going to take care of everything. Is that what independent myself. means? So when you look up the, in, the yeah, definition of independent, it says selfish. Yeah, that's pretty much selfish. Everything you want to do on your own. It's basically by yourself. That's selfish. I don't you know, know if it's selfish. You don't want to recreate. How you going to be 50 years old? You don't have no kids, no husband. Who's 50? And who, de- who defines themselves by having a husband and having kids? You think that's the only way that you should live your life? People don't have other options. So Oprah doesn't have a husband and kids. Does that mean that she's selfish? Do you, you don't think your parents actually you? You want to have kids and have a husband, have a family? Who are you, you to right? dictate how any woman should live their life? I'm not trying to tell you how you should so live So what? Life. Yes, My you are. You're trying to say that I'm selfish because I'm independent. You don't have no kids. You don't have no You think uh, that if I wanted to get I, married, I, I, I couldn't? I, you, why are you not recreating? Why you don't have no kids? Why am I not recreating? Wait, wait, <laughs> why are you stupid? Oh, man. So you think Oprah's selfish, too? Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure she is. It's the, oh, I'm my God. Oh, my gosh. You sound stupid. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Recreating. Hey, bro. It's Mello from Long Island. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Nah, man. I'm just spreading positivity. You know, I'm just feeling great. Got a good job. I'm back in the gym. And I just read Charlemagne's book, Black Rivers, bro. It was an amazing read. Thank I, you, my brother. I mean, black men don't cheat. Black men don't cheat, baby. Thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, Envy? Hey, what's up, Trav? Hey, Trav. Don't be acting like that to me, Envy. <laughs> I'm shady to you today. What you want, Trav? <laughs> what's up, Char? Peace, sis. How are you? How you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Listen, Charlamagne, let me ask you a question, right? Yes, sir. If Post Malone was to come out and say that he don't care about black lives and he live in Beverly Hills and he ain't got nothing to do with Black Lives Matter... And he got locked up in Sweden. He he don't give a f about black people. Would you be like still going hard about trying to get him out of jail? How how have I gone hard about trying to get ASAP Rocky out of jail, sir? I just asked you. I said I said would you? 
so hard about getting um, him out of jail. Um, yeah, because Malcolm X once said, "I'm for justice, no matter who it is for or against." And you Negroes can't pick and choose when you stand up for injustice based off who you like and don't like. And yes, Rocky made those comments, and they were some dumbass comments. But I bet when he comes home, he will understand why you should and have to stand up for black people experiencing injustice. Because it doesn't matter if you live in Soho or Beverly Hills, if you're rich, poor, if you're black in America, you can end up in that situation anywhere in the world. And as Martin Luther King Jr. said, an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That's the thing, though, that we can pick and choose <laughs> who well, we decide well, to actually well, stand well, up well, for. Well, well, that lets me know you don't really care about injustice that happens to black people. You care about who you like and who you don't like. And no, Chad, no, no, no. this could be a we good wake-up call for ASAP Rocky for him to be more that. involved, you know. I, I, honestly, I don't think it's going to... If you can say that about, you know, Michael Brown and, and Ferguson, that you don't give an F about black men dying, this is not going to be a wake-up call for him. This is going to be that... Now, now he's see, not going to go bro, to that was, that was, that was, that, he made, And listen, I'm, 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 I'm not defending those comments because they were dumb comments, but that was four years ago. And once again, I guarantee you, when he comes home, he will understand why you should and have to stand up for black people experiencing injustice. If he doesn't, that's his dumb ass. But guess what? I'm still standing up for the injustice. I don't care about whether it's ASAP Rocky or not. Like Malcolm X said, I'm for justice no matter who it is for or against. Right is right and wrong is wrong. What See, happened to him is wrong. And that's the thing. We, we, we're so quick to cancel somebody instead of having a conversation. He might not have ever dealt with any of that stuff, but you know what? He's dealt with it now. So he'll feel it and he'll understand it now. Hopefully. Uh, I, I think he fully understood what he was saying. But all right, y'all. I just wanted to know. All right, I don't know. I, I hate when we do that. It's just like when that guy got killed by the police and they brought up comments like, oh, well, he, he disrespected black women on Twitter back in the day. What does that have to do with him getting killed by the police? He was unarmed. He's still a black man who was killed at the hands of the police when he was unarmed. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Y'all for, y'all for getting justice? or It's about popularity contest. Which is it? 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. Peace and blessings, y'all. How y'all feeling? Porter Potty what's Guy, what's up, bro? Hey, we ain't heard from you in a long time. Indeed. Envy, Envy, my name is Sean Stone, not Porter Party Guy, okay? <laughs> my bad, Sean Stone. He's a person. Where was you? Were you locked up in Sweden? No, sir, I was not locked up like ASAP Rocky. That's crazy, though, because I watched that video, and I saw them people following the dude back and forth, even though dude saying, yo, go your way, and I'll go my way. So I don't know what's going on with that, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right is right and wrong is wrong. What happened to ASAP is wrong. Like, you know, if somebody's following exactly. you anywhere, especially in a foreign country, you're going to feel threatened. If you defend yourself, you should not be sitting exactly. in the jail. Well, what's up, brother? Exactly, but i just been working, brother, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just been working hard trying to take care of my son, and we just out here, man, trying to do the right thing. How's the music going? Hey, Andrew E., uh, I still do music, but I, I don't really do music like that. Right now, I'm just all about doing my truck driving. Okay. Driving, taking care of my speed, you know what I mean? How was your son? Yeah, How I was think that's the best thing for you. My, my son is five years old, and he still asks me about that birthday party for Logan, too, all the time. <laughs> Well, bring him by the car show this year. Bring him by the car show this year. <laughs> uh, oh, I definitely do that, man. And everybody go follow Sean Stone 876 on IG. And all everybody that played that ice cream challenge, licking ice cream, putting it back, y'all stupid. I hope y'all go to jail. You heard his bond in Sweden. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Domingo from Seattle. Hey, Domingo. Get it off your chest, bro. Uh, I got to get it off my chest. So there's a fight boxing match May, uh, July 20th. 
Pacquiao versus Thurman, all, all my black friends, I'm Filipino, that since they're saying that Manny Pacquiao is gonna get, get, get smacked up by Thurman, I just had to get my th- chest off of that because I think Pacquiao is actually gonna win. And it's Sean Mino over there. I know he's uh, a huge boxing fan. I'm, I'm right here, sir. And uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 Keith Thurman used to be one of my favorite fighters. Um, he's not mm-hmm. as ex- he's not as exciting as he once was, you know, especially after he got mm-hmm. hurt. But I do think Keith Thurman beats Manny Pacquiao on July 20th. That's actually a good matchup. Yeah, uh, knockout, Paul Brown. What, what's your opinion? Oh, uh, I don't think it'll be a knockout. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think I think I think Keith Thurman will, will win that fight. I don't think I, I don't even think it'll be a stoppage to be honest. I think Keith Thurman might win on points. Because all my black friends are like they're talking hell. He keeps it all my black friends. We got it. We got black friends. Yeah. Got, okay. Well, call, 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 call after the fight. I just think Keith Thurman. I just think Keith Thurman is he's much younger. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I no, nah, I think he's gonna beat Manny Pacquiao on July 20th. Well, that, that's 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 what his black friends say. Hello, who's this? Tommy. What's your name? Tommy. Common. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Oh, all right, Tommy, get it off your chest, bro. Man, I'm tired of people looking at ice cream, man. <laughs> Me too. I think we all are. I'm glad I don't they, eat ice cream. They gotta leave the ice cream alone. I like blue bill. Yo, they, they gotta make yo, they gotta make an example right, out of all of these people. I saw the the, the the guy that was spitting in the Arizona yeah, ice tea. Too, man. This yo, is I don't care if these people are really buying these products. And and didn't doing that because either way they're still sending the wrong message. I really think that they should be arrested, yo. Like and and, and punished severely to the fullest extent of the law. Hello, who's this? How you doing? This is Avery Washington. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Wanted to call in to tell you why I'm blessed. I just celebrated 20 years of marriage with my beautiful queen. Nice. And I'm a family ad- I'm a family advocate, blessed with three beautiful daughters, and I'm also an author of a book called Letters to My Daughters: Poetic Affirmations of Love from My Father. In which I want to send you and Charlemagne a copy, a couple copies, because I'm teaching our daughters to embrace the love of God Himself, so they won't desperately seek love from man or anyone else. I would love to read it. I got you know. I I appreciate it. I got three little girls. I'd love to read it. Oh, I appreciate it. And also, I was blessed to co-author a book with Les Brown called Breakthrough this year, which came out June 1st. And in Breakthrough, my chapter is connect with your soul. And it's my opinion that we all have any gifts that are inside of our souls but we have to take time to connect with them and once we connect with our soul we'll be able to connect with our passion and purpose in life so okay. I'm very blessed and uh we'll send the books I up here brother uh, I will do I'll just need the address and please uh connect with me at uh author Avery Washington on Instagram and you'll be able to see everything that I'm doing uh, for spreading positive love to our people all right hold on all right all right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Nayi, we got rumors on the way? Yes. Find out who said a man once cried after he had sex with her. That must have been amazing. Also, we'll talk about racism, and we'll tell you what actress says that she recalled some racism that was directed at her baby. That could have been amazing, or he could have caught something. Either or. We'll find out what? next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So Juice World was on social media. He said, I'm going to leave that ish alone for good. Watch me. I'm done with it. Then he said, I got work to do a lot. That's when his girlfriend said, please. And he said, Bay, I'm sorry I be tweaking. You put up with more than people know. I know I be scaring you. F-Codeine, I'm done. I love you and I'm letting it be known publicly that ain't 
ish effing up the real love I found. Learn from this, everyone. Addiction kills all, but you can overcome. You no, know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Tens, tens of thousands of deaths from opioid overdose, I probably would quit too. And I look at new lean users the way I look at crackheads. Like, you do know that's you do know what that's going to do to you, right? Well, Ariana mm-hmm. Grande, in the meantime, is on the cover of Vogue, and she's talking about making her Thank You Next album. And she said that Jungle City Studios was right around the corner from her apartment, and she went there hoping to grieve for Mac Miller while she was doing her music. And she said she doesn't even remember doing that album. She said her memories are blurry at best. She said, if I'm completely honest, I don't remember those months of my life because I was A, so drunk, and B, so sad. She said the album made her realize she needed to stop dating and have alone time because she had been going from relationship to relationship. She said, I think this is the first album and also the first year of my life where I'm realizing I can no longer put up spending time with myself just as me. I've been booed up my entire adult life. I've always had someone to say goodnight to. So thank you, Next, was this moment of self-realization. That's interesting because she's been getting some money for a while since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she's always in a relationship. So when does she have time for herself? And she's always working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, she talks about a lot of that. It's a good story if you want to read that whole entire interview. And she also talks about uh, Mac Miller a lot and going to Coachella and how that always reminded her of him. She said, I was always a person who never went to festivals and never went out and had fun like that. But the first time I went was to see Malcolm perform, and it was such an incredible experience. I went the second year as well, and I associate heavily with just kind of a mind F processing how much has happened in such a brief period. She also talks about the criticism that she got after Malcolm passed away. And she said they didn't see the years of work and fighting and trying or the love and exhaustion. That tweet came from a place of complete defeat. And you have no idea how many times I warned him that would happen and fought that fight for how many years of our friendship, of our relationship. You have no idea. So you're not allowed to pull that card because you don't effing know that's where that came from. So that's uh, her whole situation. All right, Rolling Loud. They've announced that they have a New York and a Hong Kong festival coming. Mm -hmm. So the New York dates are going to be October 12th and 13th, and then Hong Kong is going to be October 19th to the 20th. So if you want to go to the New York show, those tickets go on sale on Friday. Where's it going to be at? We're in New York, you know? Central Park or? Um, It's going to be at City Field in Queens. Oh, okay. With a Mets play. All right. All right, Adrienne Bailon. She talks about the time that she made a man cry after having sex. They were discussing men opening up after being intimate on the reel. And here's what she had to say. The guy cried. Oh, you cried after. Or where they're so thankful, they're just like... They just overwhelmed with how much they love you or how they feel about you or how bomb you were. Like, they're just like, oh, that was amazing. (laughs) Okay, stop bragging, Adrienne. Right. They were having a whole discussion about it. Right. They were talking about crying and, you know, right. Jenny Mai said she's never cried during sex. And This guy get on social media and be like, the reason I was really crying is because I was like, I gave another woman herpes. I got to stop being like this. <laughs> Stupid, man. I have no, to stop being so, Because it was so amazing. All right, now, Kristen Davis was on Red Table Talk. You know her from Sex in the City. And the topic was, should white people adopt black kids? And she has adopted a baby boy last year. She's 54 years old, and she adopted her daughter. Uh, she, she adopted a baby boy last year, and daughter Gemma is now seven. So uh, here's what Kristen Davis had to say about experiencing racism when it comes to her having a black child and also not knowing what it feels like to be black no matter how hard she tries because she can't say, I know what that feels like. This is what I want to say from a white person adopting 
you absolutely do not fully understand. There's no doubt. There's no way you could. Right. Yeah. Because you could understand that you live in white privilege and that's a theory and you could see things. Right. But it's one thing to be watching it, you know, happening to other people. people. And it's another thing when it's your child. Yeah. And you haven't personally been through it. It is. A, it's, a, it's a big issue. It's something that I think about every day and every night. It's going to sound crazy, but I never understood that e even as a kid. You would always see like celebrities and a lot of white people adopt black babies, and I never understood it as a kid. I was like, "What is this? Like a fad? Are we like a new bag? Look, gotta give me a little black baby." I never understood it. I bet you uh, it increased after the movie The Blind Side came out. And they're like, "I can raise me a little NFL player." See? I'm <laughs> telling you. See, and she's right. You can adopt black kids, but they can't adopt your white privilege. Mm -mm. So yeah. Right. I mean, and that's something that she understands. She can't be like, "I know what it feels like. I know what you're going through." So. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about, Yee? Uh, we are going to talk about our Brooklyn Nets, because you know we got to do that every time there's a story. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to uh, front page news. What are we talking about, Yee? Uh, let's talk about Kevin Durant. Now, according to the general manager for the Nets, He's saying that Kevin Durant first committed to playing for the Nets through Instagram. <laughs> so that, How? Well, I guess he made the announcement before he made the announcement to Brooklyn. So he announced that he committed to Brooklyn on Instagram before he even met. I thought he had his own site or something like that. He was trying to launch his own site, and he did it through there. That's what I, I thought. With them, and he's been wanting to play with Kyrie Irving, so. What, he sent the Nets a DM or something? Like, I don't, I'm confused. He announced he committed to Brooklyn on Instagram before he even met with the organization. So that's what, what the, organization the was general like, we don't manager, Sean Marks, had to say. <laughs> you knew that wasn't going to happen. They, I know, but they still. wanted him anyway. Well, they would have had to have some meetings prior, that's what I'm right? Saying. Like, like, you wouldn't just announce that on They're Instagram. not going to say no. Everybody knew the Nets wanted to get Kevin Durant, and everybody knew that they were trying. Right, but if I was, was trying to get somebody else. I, I, that, that don't sound right. I'm almost sure Kevin Durant met with the Brooklyn Nets before he announced it on Instagram because he would have to know if the Brooklyn Nets are going to give him a max deal. Like, you wouldn't just announce that on Instagram. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, come on, stop well, it. Well, this is what Sean Marks told reporters. Well, Sean Marks is lying. <laughs> we don't know if he's lying. Well, I, yeah, it does sound well, a little bit or, or, maybe, or maybe he had a meeting with several had, teams, yeah. and then he committed via Instagram saying, this is where I'm going. They had to have a conversation yeah, but he beforehand. Didn't, he met with them, clearly. Yeah. Or maybe he met with his agent. Maybe they met with his yeah, agent. The same or the difference. agent met yeah. with the Nets. Yeah, yeah. but maybe he, not directly with him. Okay. All right, now Ross Perot, the billionaire tycoon, he had two unsuccessful third-party presidential campaigns in the 90s. He passed away yesterday. He was a billionaire by his mid-50s after he sold a controlling interest in a data processing business that he founded to General Motors. He sold that for $2.5 billion. And if you guys saw that uh, HBO documentary on Bush, he blamed Perot for his defeat uh, and said that's the reason why Bill Clinton won. Ross Perot fell off stage, right? It was like a big thing. He fell off the stage or something like that. And was not, that was, <laughs> that's that was what the, you know. <laughs> I just remember that. He was speaking and fell off the stage. He used, to get, he used to get spoofed a lot, too, around that era. But I will say, uh, that's one of those I thought he was dead already announcements. Jeez. First thing I thought. He was 89 years old, and he had a five-month battle with leukemia. I thought he was dead already. I had no idea. All right. Rest well, in peace, Ross Perot. I now, guess. police are looking for 60 teenagers. I don't know if you saw this footage, but it looks crazy. You said 60? 60 teenagers. Oh, boy. They were seen looting a Walgreens in Philadelphia. Uh, it happened around 10 p.m. on the 4th of July. And if you see this video footage, man, these kids are running into it. the store nonstop. And the thing that's stupid about it is they got away with a lot of things, the things that they stole, and they mm -hmm. caused all kinds of damage. But there's cameras everywhere. 
So there's all different angles of the surveillance footage. They have stills of some of the teenagers and all of that. So anybody with information, they're asking that you call the police at 215-686-TIPS. Did y'all not see when they see us? Why are you fools putting yourselves in this situation? Huh? I don't know what made them decide that that Come was on. a good idea, but oh, man. all it takes is this for... This looks crazy. There's yeah. girls, there's guys, everybody. Like, just it, they just came bursting through those doors. All right. Now you're about to make the whole block hot for what? And and then when when you get thrown under a jail, you're going to be screaming injustice, injustice, injustice. It's going to take one person to get caught. He's going to snitch on 59 people. All right. Now, we discussed this story yesterday. We talked about Christopher Kukor. He's an executive at YouTube, and he called the police because he says that there was a man who was trespassing at the building. Now, Christopher Kukor is white, and Wesley Michelle, who he called the alleged trespasser, is black. And he's also a um, software engineer. So, Kukor was with his son, and he called the police. Now, we have the audio from when he was standing there and confronting him. Friend on the call box and have them come down. They don't have to do that. You could just walk away. I'm going to call the police. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Call the police. Sir, I'll hold the door here for you while you call your That is okay. Nobody's asking you to hold the door. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, there's a trespasser in my building. Listen to your son. Daddy, go. It's the better. All right. Well, Christopher Kukor has released a statement, and he put it on Medium. He talked about what happened. He said, I was leaving my building with my child to take him to a friend's house. And he said he noticed Wesley Michelle caught the door and entered the building without using the call box. So he said, I offered to hold the door open while he used the call box to contact his friend. He said that uh, his father was murdered outside his home by a trespasser who he confronted alone for my child's safety, my safety and that of the building. I felt it was necessary to get help in this situation. He said, I've accounted encountered trespassers in my building and we've been robbed several times so he said i realized wesley was reacting based on his unique history as well unfortunately there is a terrible pattern of people calling the authorities regarding people of color for no other reason than their race chris kuko shut the f up forever if your father got killed confronting the trespasser you clearly aren't traumatized by that situation because you did the exact same thing and you did it with your son all right. Why did you make the same mistake that your father did and you did it with your son? If you was really threatened, if you was really scared, you'd call 911 from the comfort of your own home. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't have put your son in that type of danger either, sir. Yeah, Knock you would have went down the block. You wouldn't have been standing there arguing with this Beat man. Beat it. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Front Page News. Charlamagne, did you see this video of the 60 kids running in Walgreens? Mm-mm. This looks crazy. I'm not interested. Now, first of all, I ain't even going to front. I never hung out with 60 kids, so the fact that 60 kids... Well, it was the 4th of July, so I would assume oh, they were so all coming right, from somewhere. I got you. That all makes... I'm saying is those kids should have watched when they see us. And the kid with the half black, half uh, blonde hair, I'm coming for you first because <laughs> it's, it's easy to identify you. Those kids uh, should have watched when they see us and they would have known not to make that kind of mistake. Why you with 59, see, 59 other kids wilding? I'm coming at you first. You, the, you, I can identify you And they got angles of them walking and uh, running through the door, inside the store. They got still shots of the kids. Just not a well thought out plan. And then when the police grab them and make an example out of them, they're going to be screaming uh, you know, that they're experiencing all types of injustice. But you put yourself in that situation yeah, by making that dumbass poor choice. All oh, right. my goodness. All right. Well, that's front page news. Now, when we come back from MSNBC, an author of the new book, uh, The Man Who Sold America, Joy Ann Reed will be joining us. We'll yes. kick it with her when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building, host of MSNBC, Miss Joy Ann Reed. She's got a new book out, The Man Who Sold America, Trump and the Unraveling of the American Story. Why'd you title the book that? Uh, you know, because I think that Donald Trump has been running a, a game on the United States really probably for 30, 40 years. Mm. And that game got him to be president of the United States. So I think it was kind of, it's about, it, Donald Trump's presidency isn't a normal presidency. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a continuation <laughs> of a very long yeah, scam. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a long scam he's been mm -hmm. running. And it finally got him the office where he can make the most money. Because that's what he cares about. It's interesting because people from his own team are talking about things that he said and done. Right? Like Cohen, who you yeah. talk about a lot in the book in the beginning. And it feels like it's still, it feels like he really is Teflon. Like no matter what accusations, you know, of sexual assault and of nasty things that he said about ish whole countries, it's like it just rolls off. He can straight up lie about something and say he didn't say it. And then there's a recording of him saying it. Yeah. And somehow it just keeps on pushing. Well, you know what? The reason that scams generally work is people kind of like to be sold. Mm -hmm. And I think that Donald Absolutely. Trump sold, right? People like it. They, when you say sold, you mean like sold him a dream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think for his base, he's selling them the dream of getting back in America where they're on top. And for them, it doesn't matter what he does. He's saying, I'm going to put you back on top. And as long as you're telling people that, people are going to love him. It doesn't matter what he does. They don't care about that because what they want is to be back on top. This room is what bothers them. Do you think he mm. really wanted to be president, though? Or no. do you think it was just a, a scam to build more press, to make more it money? Was and it was marketing, like and you said that he wanted to get the hotel in Russia, yeah. and yeah. he felt like running for president was the ultimate marketing scheme. He had been trying to get a a, uh, a tower built in Moscow really since the 80s, since the late 1980s. Why Moscow? Like, what's so important to Russia with him? He's obsessed with these Eastern European former Soviet countries. He's obsessed with Russia, mm -hmm. specifically. And it's not clear why that is, but he is. And he wanted to try to impress the government there, because you can't build anything there without the Kremlin's permission. So you got to have the leader of Russia's direct permission in order to build there. So he probably figured, listen, I'm going to run for president. Mm -hmm. puts me on a huge stage. It's going to give me stature. They're going to think I'm important. And they're going to give me my tower. And, you know, speaking to people who know him, knew the campaign, were part of it, they were pretty clear that he thought he would get on this big stage, his hotel rates would go up in D.C., he had just <laughs> gotten this new hotel, and it was going to be the greatest marketing scheme ever. And then the thinking is, at least the reporting, um, the predominance of the reporting is, then he was going to turn around and do like a Trump TV, like turn it all into a big media mm -hmm. thing. He didn't think he was going to be president. Right. You said, you said this room is a threat to Trump. Like, do you think hip-hop, black culture, is really a threat to Trump, the conservative party? It wasn't when he was using it in order to build that part of his stature. Right. Mm -hmm. So according to, you know, people who know Donald Trump, people I interviewed for the book, he liked hip-hop culture because he liked the aspect of it that talked, A, about money. He liked the aspect of it that talked about wealth. He liked the aspect of it that talked about, you know, doing for yourself and being an entrepreneur. He liked that. He doesn't necessarily uh, like the people behind it, mm -hmm. but he liked the idea. Mm -hmm. And so hip-hop kind of appealed to him, even though, at least according to Sam Nunberg and other people, he never listened to the music. He just liked the idea. The so flashiness he, of it, too. He liked the flashiness mm -hmm. of it, right, because it's like him. I mean, he lives in gold. He literally moved into gold. He's just like, I want to live inside gold. So that's what his apartment Who does he have now is. for media now that he's not down with Fox News anymore? You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I don't think he needs it anymore. Mm -hmm. I honestly think Donald Trump is his own media at this point. As long as he got social media, he's as fine. As long as he's got social media, he mm -hmm. doesn't really need any help. He, he speaks directly into the hearts of his base. Mm -hmm. The people who are supposed to live by the red parts of the Bible where you mm -hmm. care about the poor, the sick, and the immigrant, they, they love him more than anybody else in this country because they're the most afraid of, you know, you look around this room, the diversity in this room, that's what America is becoming. That really scares a lot of people. They're very, they're frightened of a future 
in which white Christian men are the minority. Now, you know, white Christians are already the minority numerically, and they don't want to be, in terms of power, in terms of resources, in terms of the culture, they don't want to go into the minority status. They just don't want to. And Donald Trump is saying, I can stop it. He can't, but he's telling them he can't. So that's the unraveling of the American story. Absolutely, because the American story is supposed to be about all of these new immigrants that come in, make themselves a part of America, and change America for the better and make the culture richer. They don't see it that way. They see the culture as having been the best when they were on top. And that happens for every group of immigrants. They come in, they listen to this story they're told about America being this land of the free and the brave and anyone who has an idea can make it. Okay, fine, we want that too. And the people who were on top say, but wait a minute, you know, you trying to have what we have, that makes us unequal. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they fear. And Donald Trump is their leader. Are you ever nervous of doing this book? You nervous about backlash, nervous about having Donald Trump on your ass? (laughs) No, um, because (laughs) the reality is if you think about what Donald Trump wants to be versus what he is, like he wants to be Vladimir Putin, mm-hmm. right? If Vladimir Putin doesn't like what you're saying, you go to prison, he can hurt you, yeah. right? Donald Trump really can only actually accomplish what the broader Republican Party already wants. But you're, you're already a target because you're black. You're already a target because you're a woman. You're already a target because you're a liberal. You're already a target because you're on MSNBC. So yeah. why do you make yourself more of a target by doing this book? Because, you know, I did the book in part because I just wanted to make sure I remember it all. You said you had two reasons for writing this book. Right. One of them is to record everything. Yeah, just to record it and just so that there's a first draft of history that, you know, for me to remember all the things that have happened. And then I think so that people can get a realistic assessment of what this is, because I think that the myths about Trump, I mean, he's been telling myths about himself for 40 years and people are starting to believe them, like this myth that it was the, you know, the broken, you know, man who had economic challenges that elected him. That's not even true. And he's, uh, yeah, he lies about everything, how he got his fortune, everything, how much he's worth. How much he's worth. Well, he's worth a lot now. I can tell you being president, he's making a lot of money being president, which is one of the lawsuits against him. You're not supposed to make money being (laughs) president. And he is. How was he making money now? Because I, I thought he had to get rid of the businesses and do all that stuff. So how was he making money? You Everyone else did. I mean, you know, uh, Jimmy Carter had to, you know, disinvest from his peanut farm when he became president. Everyone else did it. Trump just didn't. He's still making all <laughs> of the money. Crazy. Right. And every time, you know, for instance, all of these foreign leaders, they want to do business with Trump. How do you do it? Check into Mar-a-Lago. You pay the fee. It's $200,000 a year. He doubled the price when he became president of oh how much God. it is to be a member. And he's got his whole family working. All of them. They're well, all working. Too. He's Having got them all working. <laughs> Everyone's making money. I mean, he's trying to live the way Vladimir Putin lives, where everything that happens in Russia, he gets a piece of that check. You don't think Trump was elected because of economic anxiety amongst poor white people? No. Really? But the reality is, is I went through all the studies. Mm-hmm. I sat there and read them all. And the reality is, is to the extent that a white American had economic disadvantages, to the extent that they were broke. That produced one of two things. Either they don't vote because poor people don't vote, whether you're white or black. If you're poor, you don't vote. Or they voted for Hillary Clinton. So Mm. the most economically anxious white Americans voted for Hillary. Donald Trump's voters were actually the most affluent out of all of the Mm. voters who voted in the Republican primary. He had the richest white voters, not the poorest. Yeah, it came out yesterday. I think Trump's approval rating is at 44% because people like what he's doing for the economy. Yeah, people like, well, people think their own economic situation is good. There's also a psychological thing. So even with the economic disadvantage piece of it, if you feel economically disadvantaged, but you think the reason you're economically disadvantaged is immigrants, you Mm -hmm. voted for Trump. If you know that the reason you're economically disadvantaged is because the corporation you work for shipped your jobs overseas, you voted for Hillary. So even to the extent that you have economic problems, it's who you blame. So people who love the economy now think they're doing well, but there's even a psychological sort of aspect to that. If you like Trump, there were literally people who hated the Affordable Care Act and thought 
you know, the Affordable Care Act was the worst thing that ever happened. The day that he was nominated, those same people turned around and said, oh, the health care situation is great. The they have the same health care. Yeah. Yeah. They think it's Trump care now and they think it's great. So people have a psychological connection to him that will make them like something they used to hate because he's involved in it. All right, we have more with Joy Ann Reed. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Joy Ann Reed from MSNBC. She also has a new book. It's called The Man Who Sold America. Yee. Have you spoken to Republicans who are upset about what Donald Trump is doing but won't come forward? Republicans are like the biggest leakers right now because they want people to know. I think they want for history people to know that they're not for it, but they don't want to put themselves on the record. They're terrified of his base. I mean, if you think about the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is the Democrats have a very diverse base. They have to please a lot of different mm -hmm. kind of people, different races, different ages, different regions. The and Democrats, they go in on each other all the time. All the time because <laughs> all, they all have slightly different interests. Republicans have a very white, you, their base is basically white Christians. White Christian men who are so immoral, who lack empathy, it really reminds you of the slave masters using scripture to keep the slaves oppressed. Well, people call it slave master religion, right? And mm. if you think about the way that this country was formed, you had a, a bunch of very rich men. I was thinking about it today. If you go from 1691 all the way to 1776, right? So that that's slavery all the way from that period where all of your tax money from the enslavement of human beings, you had to pay that to the crown. But from 1776 all the way to 1913, that's free. That's tax-free money. It's 173 years of tax-free income. The amount of wealth this country was able to build mm -hmm. off of oppression is wow. extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And it was tax-free until 1913. So if you think about the amount of wealth that this country has been able to build up on the backs of other people, that inequality has been built in. And what did they base it on? Christianity. They said, listen, you, the slaves had to submit to earthly masters. God said to, right. Yeah. And then to, in order to, you know, the people who owned slaves and had all that money, they were a minority even among white people. So they had to say to the other white people, well, what can we give you? Because we're not going to give you money. We're not going to give you, you know, wealth. We're not going to give you what we have, but we'll give you whiteness. That's your currency. What we're going to pay you with is whiteness, meaning that you can be the lowest white man, but you're higher than the highest black man. Mm. And that that's that the wages of uh, of whiteness has been a huge part of the currency, including within Christian America. It's been a foundation of it. So the problem is we have that same kind of legacy even among Christians, and they're not letting it go. So what do you think about the whole reparations conversation? Because it sounds like they really do owe. But so the reality is, you know, the reparations conversation is about how do you equalize that? Because once you let me go, you took the gun off my head, I'm no longer having to build you the house. I still don't have anything. Right. I don't have a house. And there were still a lot of things that were in place in the system to repress us. Right. From being able to own homes. Yeah. For having businesses. To even take education. advantage of the New Deal, to take advantage of the, the, uh, the GI Bill. Mm -hmm. All of these things that they did to prop up this huge middle class. You know, African Americans were basically kicked out of it and locked out of it. Even unions, you know, this great thing that made the middle class, for the most part, you know, there were violent fights to keep black people out of unions. So we've had 400 years of being set back and now they're saying, but it's fair now. You're free. Mm. You had Obama. It's even. As if they Not gave even. us Obama. As if we didn't vote right. for President Barack Obama. <laughs> exactly. As if that was a gift. So I think we got to have this conversation. I got educated to something because of your Twitter, you and Angela Rye. The slave masters actually received reparations they after they freed the slaves. They did. They did. They paid them a reparation, particularly in D.C. and around D.C., Virginia. They said, well, we're going to give you $300 per slave. So they got wow. reparations. Jesus. <laughs> now, now what, if you could make a prediction for 2020. Yeah. What do you see <laughs> right at, at, from where we are right now? What yeah. do you see happening? I would say that if you think about which constituency is the angriest, the hungriest, um, 
the most desirous of change, I would think it would be women. I think regardless of what the polls say, I think that the two women who are at the top right now, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, I think in a, in a fundamental way, they are the front runners. I think it's highly likely that the nominee will be a woman. I think one of those two is probably the most likely. But who knows, right? Anything right. could happen. Joe Biden has a lot of support. And a lot of black folks I don't folks understand why. I really don't understand why black people love Joe Biden so much. Other than broism with President Barack Obama. Yeah. I think part of it is that black voters are very conservative, small C. They just don't want to take chances. Other, Barack Obama was the only time I've ever seen African-American voters take a chance. Black voters are very dispassionate. They're like, who can win? And I think you talk to a lot of particularly older black folks, they say only a white man can beat this white man. Jesus. And so they believe that the only way to beat Trump is to give white America something. Give them Biden, who's also kind of a nostalgic candidate. He kind of goes back to the past, but it's sort of a more sort of positive past for a lot of people. He's a nostalgia like Trump is. So do you think Donald Trump will win the second term or no way? It's going to be hard to beat him. I'm but just going to be honest. It's going to be hard to beat him. We know Trump is an illegitimate president, though. We keep talking about he won as if there yeah. wasn't Russian interference. Yeah. You know? Like, I know. Not only do we not talk about it, but we don't talk about specifically in what did they do to interfere. Mm -hmm. A lot of what they did was they picked up the idea of voter suppression and took it global. Mm -hmm. A lot of what, if you read the first half of the Mueller report, what they're talking about is the Russians digging in on our deepest, darkest problem, right? Our problem is racism it goes all the way back to the very beginning of the country and it's always been the easiest way to get at us. So what did they do? They created all of these pretend black accounts. They went into black social media mm -hmm. accounts and they said, Hillary, super predator, yeah. super predator, every day, every day. And they just hit on black. It was very much directed at us. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what they were trying to do was get black people to suppress their own votes, to not vote. And it did work. Part yeah. of the reason Hillary Clinton lost was that voter suppression wasn't just about putting out her emails. It was about putting out specific emails that would get particularly woke young black folk not to vote. And it worked. I feel like they're doing the same thing now to Senator Harris. A hundred percent. Now, what can America learn from South Africa? <laughs> yeah, you, well, have, you have a chapter in the book called What Can America yeah, Learn from South Yeah, you know Africa? what? I, I feel like we, since we are already in minority rule, that's one thing that we can learn is that 10% of a country can forcibly rule over 90% of a country because they did that. Yes, they did. And so as we are already in a minority rule situation, we need to understand it can happen. Um, but what South Africa is trying to do is to emerge out of that past to figure out how to allow the majority to rule and still have peace. Um, what A lot of what Nelson Mandela had to do, he had to do because he was afraid the whole world would cut South Africa off. Remember, he was the warrior. He wasn't like... People think of him as kind of like a Muppet, you know, mm -hmm. that he was this like really nice guy that just wanted love. No, he was like the warrior guy in the ANC. He was leading the, the, the armed wing of the ANC. So he was able to make peace because he was a warrior. Um, but he decided to do it because they wanted South Africa to survive. And, you know, unfortunately, sort of economic racism means that a black owned country is going to have less access to the capital just like we would, you know, less access to the world banking system. So they had to sort of, they had to make peace. They had to do it. And he did a good job of it. Um, but I think in South Africa, they also have done a good job on something we haven't, which is just talking about race. Right. You just talk to white, black people there. They're very blunt about race. They're very open about their past. We haven't gotten there yet. And we should learn to. America is terrified to have the conversation. 100%. And we can, like, if, I, if I'm talking about something and I use terms like white devil, you know, or cracker ass cracker. And I'm, and I'm talking about racists and bigots. They're flipping on, they're, why are you saying that as opposed to what I'm actually discussing? Yeah, it's a weird country that was literally built on racism. Only racism, the American system of enslavement was unique in the entire world, in the entire history. There's been slavery going all the way back to the biblical days. But there's never been a specifically race-based slavery ever until the United States invented it. 
Like this country practically invented the idea of racism itself, you know, and so we have to talk about racism. We have to learn to speak to one another without being afraid to, because that this country was founded on it. It was enriched by it. You think about the trillions of dollars in today's dollars that were built off of slavery and racism. We have to be able to have these conversations. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. Thank Join you so much. much. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Go pick up the book wherever you buy books. All right. It's The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Good, good morning. morning. What's good happening? Morning. It's Wednesday. How your back feel? You feel good? You did a little scratch this morning? Any breathing? Any meditation? You know what I'm saying? Read your daily affirmations yet? Huh? What have you done to make sure that you're mentally healthy today? Talking to me? Talking to everybody out there. No, you're looking at me. I am looking at you. <laughs> you. You stretch your back and you start looking at me. You never know what Charlemagne sometimes. But anyway. I wouldn't ask you if you scratched your back. I would ask you if you needed me to come crack your back, Envy. Do you need me to come crack your back? That's what a brother would do for another brother. Do you need me to come crack your back? Nah, my son already sure? said we're sus, all right? My son yesterday said we're sus. Don't, don't, don't let your son ride with that. You know what I'm saying? Teach your son that it's okay for a man to hug him, okay, and tell him that I love you and I value you and I appreciate you and I'll crack your back if you need your back cracked. Envy, I will kiss you in the mouth right now. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> See, that was that's not real. That, me and you that was real. See? That was a Russian that's bot. Why. That was that was we were hacked by the Russians that's just now. That's I why never my said son that. Asked me yesterday. I didn't say Dad, that. Oh, you were you were showing me the sus. That. Don't believe everything you, you hear out here in the media. I'm trying. These guys my God, my goddaughter is up here with me this weekend. That was Russian influence. She's gonna talk about me and showing me the sus. If you saw me just now, you know good and well my lips were not moving when that was said. All right. I don't know. If you grew up on Chinese movies, that's how I look just now. All right? Because okay. I didn't say that. All right? Yeah, we got rumors on the way. Uh, yes, let's talk about Nicki Minaj. We told you about this concert she was supposed to do in Saudi Arabia. Well, there's an update. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, are y'all ready for some new Beyonce? She has curated a new album. It features international artists. It's called The Lion King, The Gift, and it comes out July 19th. And we have Beyonce's song, Spirit. Rise up to the light in the sky. Watch the light lift your heart up. Burn your flame through the Sounds Lion Kingish. It comes out July 19th. Should I go see it? I haven't seen the original. No. See the original first. You shouldn't be allowed to go see it until you see the original. Until you see the animated version, you should not be allowed to go see the live action version of Lion King. I think I'm going to go on July 19th. No. You better not. Why is everybody telling me no? You got to go see the original. Why? You you have have it's only right. I saw A Star is Born. I didn't see the original of that. Lion King is a great movie. I hope they, they stay true to the theme of it because that movie is really about, uh you know, black people in America. If you, if you really pay attention to it. All right. Well, you're going to hear that whole Beyonce song, Spirit After Rumors. Now, let's talk about August Alsina. He has an update on what happened to him. He lost his ability to walk. It's interesting. I was in New Orleans, and I saw that he was supposed to be performing in this showcase, and then it never happened. Well, he posted, hi, guys. It's me being my most awesome, weirdly great self. I'm here with the stitch. And to apologize for not being able to make the Essence Fest gig last night, I take my career and your time very seriously. And the fact that you guys show up for me endlessly means the world. I'm man down right now, and I figured I should share 
My autoimmune disease is raging, but I'm fighting this thing and on my mission to shake back and be able to make it up to you. I got so much music new to share with you and big love to give. So here's what he said. I woke up one day and wasn't able to walk. I couldn't feel my legs. My doctor ended up admitting me into the hospital with doing a bunch of tests and said I had some nerve damage going on throughout my whole body that I have to, you know, go on a recovery process for. But it's like my immune system just went on vacation. <laughs> so just waiting on it to come on back and we can get together and, you know, make it do what it do, man. I have no August. idea what he's saying, but it sounds like I'm getting charged 25 cents a minute to listen to him talk. Well, now he's saying his immune system went on vacation and he's waiting for it to come back. He can't much. walk right now. Right. He, he has some right nerve now. damage going on throughout his body. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to explain what it is. And he's yeah, talked about this before, but he hasn't said exactly what the disease is. But he did say that it's a hereditary condition. Well, salute to the young king, August Alcina. That's my guy. I check up on August from time to time. We Me check too. up on each other. That's my man. I haven't, so, hit, him. I haven't hit him in a while. Like, I'm going to hit him today. So I wish him the best. Pray All right, him. now, Nicki Minaj, she was supposed to perform in Saudi Arabia. And she has pulled out of that show, out of that concert. She made that announcement yesterday. She said, after careful reflection, I have decided to no longer move forward with my scheduled concert at Jeddah World Fest. While I want nothing more than to bring my show to fans in Saudi Arabia, after better educating myself on the issues, I believe it's important for me to make clear my support for the rights of women, the LGBTQ community, and freedom of expression. So that concert was supposed to be on July 18th. But women in Saudi Arabia were only recently allowed to drive and attend sporting events in stadiums, and they still have gender segregation and same-sex relations is still outlawed there. So people were very upset Mm -hmm. when they found that she was supposed to perform, so now she's not. She also tweeted out, I performed in Jamaica before, and when I got off the stage, I was surrounded by police with guns drawn. They were ready to take me to jail because they said I forgot to bleep a couple of curses. I could make one mistake and go to jail in a different country where women have no rights. And then people got upset because then they thought she was saying that people in Jamaica don't have rights, but she was saying no. She was just giving an example of what happened to her. And she doesn't want to do anything wrong in Saudi Arabia because she's not aware of the rules there. And then she said free ASAP. Yes, hashtag mm-hmm. free, free ASAP. ASAP. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlamagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? All right, man. Salute to the great state of Florida. Uh, y'all gave me a doozy today that I am thoroughly entertained by. And I'm actually kind of impressed at the same time. We need this young lady named, uh, what's her name? Ah, she's a Florida woman. We'll talk about it for after that. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. For the breakfast club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlemagne the guy. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all up. <clears throat> well, donkey of the day for Wednesday, July 10th, goes to a young woman from Florida named Marquia. Nelson. Now, you know what your Uncle Charlotte says at least twice a week on this radio. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, and Florida stays up by 30 on the BX. Now, one thing about Florida, they got some first-class finesses. Drop on the clues bombs for the first-class finesses in Florida. All right? Every season is scammer season in Florida. All right? And the city girls are providing the soundtrack. JT is currently incarcerated for credit card fraud, so that tells you all you need to know. They are living their raps because art reflects life, and in Florida, scamming is indeed life. 
Now, Marquia Nelson is clearly in the middle of her hot girl summer. And you can't have a real hot girl summer if you can't get no money. All right? You got to get your coins. And Marquia was getting her money by being a manager at Dunkin' Donuts. Drop on the clues bombs for Dunkin' Donuts. As I sit here sipping Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That's right. The home of the sausage scramble Dunkin' Bowl. Marquia was a manager there and slinging those sweet sriracha bacon breakfast sandwiches wasn't cutting it. All right, can't have a real hot girl summer hustling hot chocolate and hot coffee. All right, that money too slow for a city girl. Now, I Googled it. Yearly pay in Florida to be a manager at Dunkin' Donuts is $28,958, which is 43% below the national average. Now, I'm dumb, so I don't know what those paychecks are like every week or every two weeks. And I know Florida don't got no state tax, but I can't get no big Birkin bag that holds five or six figures with that kind of salary. So when in Rome, you do what the Romans do. When in Florida, you do what the scammers do. So what was Marquia Nelson's scam? What was her hustle? Let's go to WTVT Fox 13 for the report, please. Police say the manager of a Dunkin' Donuts in Pinellas County made up an employee. Yeah, they say she clocked this worker in and out so that she could pocket the paychecks. And this ruse worked for about two months until word got around to the donut shop's owner. The store manager of this Dunkin' Donuts on Olmerton Road, Markeia Nelson, was arrested Monday morning. Investigators say Nelson was also keeping the phony workers' paychecks, pocketing more than $1,600 she said she needed for, quote, life expenses. The 29-year-old could be facing other charges, including identity theft. She had the information of what she, quote, was a friend of hers. So the, the information for the person was an actual person. So far, Nelson has been charged with grand theft. According to online court records, it's a crime she's been arrested for numerous times before. Round of applause for the creativity. All right. <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a scam I've never heard of before. Create a fake employee for Dunkin' Donuts? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's better than creating an NBA player for 2K. That's kind of smart, man. Ex can you imagine how fire you can create a fake Dunkin' Donuts employee? Mm -hmm. Clean workstations, 99. All right. Brew and grind coffee, 99. <laughs> Restock cups and food items, 99. Assist bakers, 99. Verbal communication skills, 99. Basic computer and math skills, 99. Execution of the word culata, 99. All right, that's incredible. Marquia, you getting the credit you deserve for being stupid, but I'm impressed. Round of applause for Marquia again. All right? <laughs> you hired a person that doesn't actually work there so you can collect the checks. I have so many questions. How does she cash these checks? If she was getting these checks sent direct deposit to her friend, why would her friend hand over the cash? Mm -hmm. Is her friend an accomplice? Was she giving her friend a percentage? Who actually worked this fake employee's hours? Because days when that employee was supposed to work, somebody had to be there, right? All right, I don't know how many employees work in Dunkin' Donuts at one time, but I feel like I've been in there and I've seen only one person busting down banana split frozen chocolate. So who was working this fake employee's hours? Now, Marquia was paying this fake employee eight sixty-five an hour. She made a grand total of $1,610.84 after taxes, if you're wondering what's the net worth. Now, $1,610.84, you took a penitentiary chance for that. All right, $1,610.84. She's been charged with grand theft, and authorities could still charge her with identity theft for using her friend's identity to create this fake employee. Grand theft in Florida, look that up too. The bail bond is like 2000 or greater. Identity fraud charge, going to make that bond go up. Then you're going to have to get a lawyer. The moral of the story is you're going to have to spend way more money than you made to get out of this situation, okay? My daddy would always tell me trouble is easy to get into, but hard to get out of. And you're about to feel this firsthand. You took a penitentiary chance for pennies. All right, Florida girls, you have to ask yourself when faced with these kind of decisions, what would Trina do? All right, 
We know what JT and Young Miami would do, but what would Trina do? All right, I love the Young Florida rappers, but you can't ask yourself what would JT or Young Miami do in a situation like this? What would Trina do? Matter of fact, I'm not even going to disrespect JT and Young Miami like that. I don't think they would take a penitentiary chance for pennies. They taking those kind of chances so they can be iced out. You taking those kind of chances for iced lattes and iced cappuccinos. It's a difference, okay? I have nothing else to say about this situation except Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Florida. Please give Marquia Nelson the sweet sounds of the Hamiltones. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Yee-haw. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Should have just sold weed. No. All right. Now, when we come I mean, if back. If you want to go to jail, if you want to get charges, you might as well, like, do it if you want to do it. Right? Ask Ease next. 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Ye right now. She'll help you with your problems. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Here's some real advice with Angela Ye. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. We got Brian on the line. Brian, good morning. Good morning, good morning. What's up, bro? What's your question for ye? So my question is, um, so I was dating this girl. Uh, so she was my ex. This mm-hmm. is like my ex from, from college. And, okay. you know, that was like my first real love. And uh, in love with her, still good peoples. And, like, we have kind of, like, gotten back cool again. Okay, why did y'all um, stop dating? However, like, we stopped dating because, like, we were just way too focused on ourselves. We wanted to focus on our careers, mm-hmm. you know, get into, like, a, a better place in terms of, us as individuals and grow and our careers and all that good stuff. So, like, we just kind of split the relationship. However, there's this girl now that I've been talking to, and, like, you know, she's good people. Okay. She's really good people. And I'm trying to figure out, like, which route I should go. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But neither one of them is your girlfriend. So the one the one I'm talking to now is my girlfriend. Okay. So you're in a yes. relationship. She is my girlfriend. I'm in a relationship. Yes. And you've gotten back in contact with your ex. What does your ex have going on? So she's, I mean, she's working. She's living. Like, she's still trying to figure things out. But we're, like, in contact. We, You know, we talk on the phone and stuff like that now and every now and again. And, like, um, it's just a pretty good relationship. I can can see that she's growing and getting to, like, the woman that I would like to be with. But at (laughs) the same time, like, you know, that's my ex. You know, I'm dealing with a girl that I am in love with now. If you were in love with her, you wouldn't still be talking to and communicating with your ex. So you don't think you could be in love with two people at the same time? I think that that's disrespectful if you're lying. Are you lying to your girlfriend? No, not at all. So like, she, so she knows you. Me. She knows you speak to your ex. She's no, she's known we've talked. Yes, she's known. And she's does not she, a fan, but she's does known. she know that you have feelings for her? Uh, I really haven't shared all that with her. I told her like, you know, we've gone through some stuff, but you know, I don't think like. She knows I have feelings for her. Because it sounds to me like you're not in love with your ex. It sounds to me like you're in love with the idea of her. She's growing into the person that you might want to be with. But you don't know that for sure. Sounds like there's some nostalgia there, some unclosed, unfinished business. But if you're in love with the woman that you're with, I don't know why you would risk that for something that maybe. That's true. That's true. Why, why, why give up something that's guaranteed almost for a possibility? That makes sense. Yeah, you don't even really know what's going on with her. And I know sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. We wonder what woulda, coulda, shoulda been. But I feel like you need to focus on your girlfriend who you're in love with, allegedly. 
All right, ask ye 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Shay. Hey, Shay. What's your question for ye? Um, I've been having issues with like my brother since we were kids mm-hmm. and it's it's never really been like good between us. Like it'll be okay, but then we'll argue and we won't talk for months. Right. I just wanted to see her point of view on that. You know, it's interesting you say that because I have an older brother and when we grew up, we didn't get along and we actually didn't really start communicating with each other like that until way after college. Okay. You know, we're cool now, but I think for a large period of our life growing up, he was so different than I was. And he would always yeah. he would always tell on me on certain things that I did. And Yes, that's what he does. Oh, my God. How old are you, Shay? I'm, I'm 23, and he's six and a half years older than me, and he's still telling yeah, so that was the issue that I had with him. And then I did really petty things to him as well in retaliation. And so it was always a back and forth of us not getting along. But I do feel like some things like that you kind of have to grow out of as you get older. Certain things will bring you guys closer together. And that's what happened with me and my brother. And it, it probably wasn't until way after college, like a few years after that, he was doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. You know, we're both successful in our careers and we see each other at family functions, but now we are uh, the two people that help each other. Do you have other siblings? No, it's just us two. That's how me and my brother are as well. And I know it makes mm-hmm. my parents really happy that the two of us get along and look out for each other as much as we do. So I think um, it's baby steps. Sometimes it's hard to force those things. And mm-hmm. so I will say that. And it's important for you guys to spend time together away from the rest of the family. So if that means y'all do some certain things to catch up with each other, maybe I do things like, you know, me and my brother will do things for our parents and our family members together as a joint effort. And that helps bring us closer together. But I wouldn't worry about it too much because I think a lot of siblings go through that. Yeah, my kids are going through it now, man. Just as, yeah, just as me and my brother did. And it's it was crazy. something that we had to, uh, as we got older, we overcame it. Okay. So just be open. I just used to wish for a sister, but I guess I, I guess that would be no <laughs> But you're 23 years old. What is he telling? Everything, envy, everything. He like I, I mean, you know, I, I indulge in the cannabis life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so and he told your mom you smoke weed? Yeah. So I'm pretty much legal everywhere now, anyway. But I feel you, girl. I, I live in DC. Like, come on. Though. You yeah, know, you I know what I do you. with my I, little kids? I mean, y'all can't do it. But I got a, I got a, 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 a small T-shirt. And I put them both in that one T-shirt and make them walk around the house together. Yeah, that's not going to happen for them. I mean, I maybe look, see, look at the picture, look, see. I put yeah. them in. No, that's not going to, she's too grown for that. Uh, maybe a little too grown for that. It's going to be anyway, so. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's fine. I think a lot of siblings go through that. Like I said, me and my brother, same exact situation. And it's just something that <clears throat> we grew out of. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's not about right. I just, you know, that makes sense that, like, you know, everybody goes through stuff like that. So now it don't make me feel so bad. Y'all too yeah. old to be doing that, though. I ain't going to fight. Don't You're say that. Years old. Me and my brother that's, went through that till after we He's were... not calling your dad and mom right now telling on you, is he? Well, he can't. I'll tell on you him, too. What? I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> 
right. Good luck, Shay. Yeah, that, Thank you. it'll be fine. All right. She's 23 years old. My brother's 29. It and took a long time for me and my brother to get along. Goodness it's gracious. Okay. Why, why would your parents care that you smoke weed at 20-something years old? Yeah, that shouldn't matter now. <laughs> like, I'd be like, yes, I do smoke weed. And it's medical. All right. Condition. Well, ask ye 800-585-1051. You got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about Kanye West and his Yeezy brand. You know, he's on the cover of Forbes, and they're saying that he's going to make $1.5 billion in sales this year. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Hove. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Jay-Z now has a partnership with a uh, California-based cannabis company. It's called Caliva. And what his role is, he said, anything I do, I want to do correctly and at the highest level with all the potential in the cannabis industry. Caliva's expertise and ethos makes them the best partners for this endeavor. So he wants to increase the part- representation and participation of those with criminal records who aren't able to participate in that growing industry because they're prohibited from doing so. Yeah, I feel like Hove isn't doing anything nowadays that doesn't better the culture as a whole. And mm-hmm. when you're walking in your purpose, it will reflect in everything you do on a personal and professional level. All right, now Aziz Ansari, in the meantime, has uh, done a new Netflix comedy special. It's called Aziz Ansari Right Now, and he addresses the issues that he had. Remember that sexual misconduct allegation that was lodged against him? Yeah, it was dropped, right? I mean, Where, it, wasn't, it wasn't a charge. Yeah, it wasn't a case, but mm-hmm. she was saying that, you know, she went on a date with him, went back to his house. She was made to feel uncomfortable and do things that she wasn't comfortable with. And, you know, he did address it, and he didn't know that... She didn't want to do certain things. And so here's what he had to say at the beginning of his comedy special. I felt so many things in the last year or so. There's times I felt scared. There's times I felt humiliated. And ultimately, I just felt terrible that this person felt this way. And after a year or so, I just hope it was a step forward. It moved things forward for me. It made me think about it a lot. I hope I become a better person. And I know... This isn't the most hilarious way to begin a comedy show. (laughs) But it's important to me that you know how I feel about that whole thing before we share this night together. Refresh my memory. Didn't he he bring her back to his his crib? Right. He tried to sleep with her. She said no, so they just chilled. Correct? I think they did engage in some type of physical activity, but it it was unclear. It was like kind of a, a blurred line situation where she felt like she felt pressured. But he, he didn't things. do it, and they just chilled and watched TV the yeah, rest of the night, right? Yeah, they didn't have sex. Hey, man, where's the joke? I need a punchline, okay? Well, this is how he started, because it is the elephant in the room, and yeah, it was something that turn it into this. a joke. We come from the era where Richard Pryor can joke about, you know, giving fellatio or smoking crack, being molested. Like, come on. Like, you address that in the interview if you're going to address it like that. If you're going to do that on the stage, you got to turn that into some type of punchline. Well, I think the punchline was, I know this isn't the funniest way to start a comedy special. Well, and that did break the ice. You didn't laugh. And no. it, was a, it was a very... <laughs> chuckle. I mean, it was like... Bad way to set the mood. It wasn't even one minute of him addressing it, but I guess he wanted to make sure he put it out there first, address it first, and then do your special. But what happened on that date was he, she, he did briefly perform oral sex on her, asked her to do the same thing to him, and she did it, but not for long. So that's what did end up happening. There was some type of contact. By the way, he's only reminding people of the situation because he could have went out there did a stand-up special. It could have been funny. Everybody could have laughed and joked and people would have been forgotten about I that. I don't think people forgot about this. It was a big deal when it happened and a lot of people referenced it just because it wasn't a clear-cut case. Like, he was wrong. But I thought most people was on his side. That's what I saw. I think 
It's just hard. It's hard to say. That. It just brings up a, a discussion, basically. You know, some people felt like he pressured her, and he should have been able to tell by her body language. Some people felt like, well, she could have just said no and left. You know, it just depends on how you look at it. So it was. It's not a clear cut case of he attacked her. Something happened, but it was something that affected him, and I'm sure he wanted to address it. All right, Rihanna has now been accused of cultural appropriation, and that's because of the Harper's Bazaar China magazine cover. And she's wearing a gown. I don't know if you guys saw the picture. If you have Revolt TV, you can see it right now. But she was styled by all uh, the whole entire cast of people that styled her and dressed her and everything were all Chinese. And people were saying, why is Kim not allowed to call her brand kimono? Because it's cultural appropriation. Yet Rihanna can do ish like this. Just doesn't sit right with me. Then someone said, wait a minute, when Kendall Jenner was on the cover of a magazine with an afro, people were screaming cultural appropriation. But when Rihanna dresses up like this, nobody says anything. It's art. It's glam. So she did tag everybody that uh, participated in the cover. It was made for a Chinese audience by Chinese creatives. So she can't wear anything that, that, that shows another culture that respects and... And the people that styled her, the photographer, the visual editors, everybody was Chinese. And it's the cover of Harper's Bazaar China. I'm so. not, I'm not I'm even, confused I'm not with this world, giving man. this no energy. I'm confused, <laughs> like, man. So, like, come on. So yeah, that, means, that I don't... So if I put yes. on some cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, I'm cultural appropriating. Yes, yes. Man. My God. Well, what are you wearing? What, what, what are you wearing on the bottom? And shut up. All right. <laughs> Kanye West, his you? Yeezy brand is expected to make over $1.5 billion dollars in sales by year's end. He said, I am a product guy at my core. He's on the cover of Forbes right now. And uh, he said to make products that make people feel an immense amount of joy and solve issues and problems in their life. That's the problem solving that I love to do. Now, wear Yeezys? Is that not cultural appropriation? Am and I appropriating it, Chicago culture or Calabasas culture? In addition to that, he also revealed that he's been working on a charitable contribution. And the twist is it's a Star Wars type of theme. What he's doing is creating replicas of Luke Skywalker's infamous home from the movie A New Hope. Now, that's cultural appropriation. And he's going to build up, prefabricated man. structures with the same aesthetic. And the How goal is to use he? them as low-income housing units. How is the Skywalkers going to feel about this? I don't know. Just going to take my house and turn it into something that people that aren't aliens can live in? How dare you? All right. Uh, and moving on past that, Mariah Carey, she's saying in Cosmopolitan magazine that she is kind of a prude. And that's because of the number of sexual partners she's had. She said, I've only been with five people in my life. So I'm kind of a prude, honestly, compared to many others in the field. She didn't specify Why? who those five people were, but. <laughs> Why is she volunteering that kind of information? I don't know. Like who woke up yesterday and said, you know what? I need to know how many bodies Mariah Carey has. <laughs> she said that before. I Remember, she said know. I could count the amount of guys I've been with on one hand. Who cares? I don't know. Like, why? What, what, what's the context of this conversation? The uh, bottle cap. She did the bottle cap challenge. I thought it was pretty dope. <laughs> did you see it? Man, if you yeah, don't I shut up. It. No, she was pretty dope. Envy tried to do it. Instead, of, instead of kicking it off, she did the high one. And it flew right off. All right. I'm ready to go. That home. sounded awful. The way. <laughs> I, I'm, How did we segue? I'm Angela from, Yee, and that's your rumor report. How did we segue from her body count to her doing the bottle cap? I just, I just, oh, no. You just told me a whole bunch of useless Mariah <laughs> Carey information. Nothing you said about Mariah Carey, nothing Angela said about Mariah Carey did anything for me just now. What about what she said about herself? What did she say? In Cosmopolitan. She's only been with five people in her whole I life. She's care. kind of a prude. I don't care. I just don't. <laughs> if you want to do something for yourself, you don't care. And if everybody knows who you slept with, then something is wrong. All right. Well, that's your rumor report. <laughs> All right. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let me know what you want to hear. 800-585-1051. Get your request in now and get your ass up. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got to shout out Joy Ann Reed for joining us this morning, of course, from MSNBC. And she has a new book, The yeah. Man Who Sold America, out right now. Yes, yeah, she did. Go pick that up. And I'm sitting there thinking about that Mariah Carey situation. What part? Where, where she just volunteered the fact that she's only slept with five people in her life. And Correct. she said she's approved for that. When did having a low body count become a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, why does that make you approved? Because you've only been with five people. Well, like, she calls herself that. It's not like anybody else. But that's like- strange. We live in a weird society. Like, when did having a low body count become a bad thing? Like, who cares? If you slept with one person or five people or 50 or 100, why does that make you approved just because you've only slept with five people? Boy, society is weird nowadays. <laughs> Very. Very. And, and by the way... If your body count wasn't that low, you wouldn't be sharing that information. Right? If you had a high body count, you wouldn't be in an interview saying, well, I slept with 500 people in my life. Goodness gracious. People are crazy. All right. Well, when, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yo, man, I just want to say that success is no accident, all right? That's my positive note for the day. Success is no accident. It's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?